Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Arizona, uh, Arizona Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on right now. Throw down five, uh, $5 and get $200 in free plays. Had some technical issues on this part, but I uh, do apologize on a couple minutes late. But with Jason Shear, I am Mike. All right. Shear, Arizona Falls today. And this was really a game where, as Saul Bookman put it best, he said Arizona was really never in it. And I think this was – all year long, the big issue with this team was is that they tr- they struggled to score. And this was something that, you know, when you got nine points, you know, midway through the second quarter, that's just an issue when you're in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, look, they shot 29%. You're not going to win any game at any point shooting 29%. And North Carolina has one of the best offenses in the country, uh, especially in transition. And you're it, it's just – you can't you can't shoot and perform like that offensively and expect to win games. Right. And defensively, this team was solid all season. We know that. But, you know, like you said, at some point you got to be able to score some points right there. But I also want to take a little bit of a step back here. And we've seen this covering uh, all kinds of different teams over the years that when you lose a transcendent player like an Ari McDonald, that's generally a time where a team takes a major step back. And you look at this team, they're certainly a top 25 level team, but maybe Adia's greatness kind of lulled us into a little bit of a false, you know, sense of comfort there that just as long as Adia's there, this team will be able to win at the very highest of levels. Not really factoring in that, oh, by the way, you lost the best player in school history. Yeah, I mean, like, it's hard to even know how good their offense was last season because they had the best offensive player in college basketball. And when you have the best player in basketball, it makes up 
for a lot of deficits. Like, you know, you when you're in trouble and you need a bucket, she's going to go get it. She was also their best defender as well. So it's almost like you said, it, we were spoiled a little bit because a lot of times when you lose a player of that quality, there's an expected, you know, fall. Like Arizona was still a tournament team, still won a tournament game. Um, but had they taken a bigger drop, I don't think anyone would have been surprised because Ari was just that good. Right. And, you know, you you lose some players like Sam Thomas, obviously, um, is, you know, that that's a that's a really big loss right there. And, uh, you know, as Tina says, you also got to consider, too, that Kate Kate Reese, even though she was playing, certainly wasn't the uh, the player that we saw for the majority of the season. So everything that kind of went could go wrong towards the end of the year did go wrong. And, but, you know, again, it's still a team that made it to the second week of the sea, or excuse me, the second round of the tournament. But, you know, and I put this out there in the tweet, this is far from a doom and gloom situation. I mean, you, you make your bones cover in recruiting amongst other things, but um, you look at this team right now though, Sheer, and they've got, you know, you're bringing in a top five to 10 class. You're bringing in, you're bringing back a lot of youngsters. This team and this program, as long as Adia Barnes is here, isn't really going anywhere. Yeah, it's not like this was their one chance and now it's over. Like yeah, then right. a bunch of people are leaving and it'll take years to recover. She's bringing in one of the best classes in the country. They still return plenty of talent. They're going to be good next season. Uh, I think the disappointment is seeing someone like Sam Thomas where you know she's adored. And I think when we look back, we'll realize how special she was to the program kind of ending her career like this and you seem emotional after the game, but it's not a situation where it's like, Oh man, we'll never get back here again. It, it's, it's fine. Like it happens. Teams lose. What you're going to be, what I think it's going to be exciting about next year's squad too, is just the overall height that they're going to be able to bring in. You've already got Amaya Najee, obviously who, you know, six foot three is a relative of Zeke Najee. You able to, you're able to put her next to a Lauren Ware right there. You got two McDonald's all Americans up front. You got players on the perimeter as well. You get a, how do I put this? You just get a, you get a player or two in there. You'll probably get a grad transfer and she's already shown that she can recruit. So this roster, the way that we're talking about it right now, figures to be completely different coming up by, you know, what in three, four months from now. And you figure that there'll be more offensive talent. Like I, I like Maddie. I think she's solid. Obviously Adia didn't think she was ready at times. You assume that like a girl like her is going to be ready next season for that bigger role and there's a few girls on this team that didn't play as much and towards the end of the season started playing a little bit more and what that indicates is that they're kind of ready to make the next step but he's getting ready for them next season and you add that with the incoming class and really like their defense was good enough to win most games this year it's just that when they needed a bucket they didn't have that person and you hope that maya comes in or some of the other girls come in or they add a transfer and they kind of have that that somebody to step up offensively. The one thing that was a little bit surprising, and actually, let's get to Sean's question or Sean's comment here for Sean, uh, producer, making me look good right here, making Sheer look good, and making us look good is a very tall task. So, Sean, appreciate you right there. But he said, "I'm a Sun Devil, but even I love Adia Barnes. Always rooting for her success, unless you're playing us." To put the, everything in perspective, looking around the country, maybe with what the exception of like a Don Staley, is there anybody that you would rather have coaching your women's basketball program for the next 10, 15 years here? No. And I mean, and, and the thing that makes it cool is obviously her history here. And so, you know, I always say, and especially in, in women's basketball, you need to recruit to win. At the end of the, the talent, we saw it when that game we were watching the other day was it South Carolina versus Howard, where it's right. like, 42 right. to two, like right. the talent gap between the top teams and the middle teams is humongous. 
And I'm not, and then forget about the bottom teams. You need to recruit to win in women's college basketball. And Adia's doing that. And and at the end of the day, if she doesn't do that, they're not good. And she is, so they're, they're fine. And, and she's one of the best recruiters in the country. And I think you hit the nail on the head right there. You have to be able to, because the difference, I think, between the women's and the men's game still is that you've got now, and it's expanded, but before there was essentially four teams that could, you know, that could win it or that you would take seriously. Now there's about seven to eight to nine teams. Arizona is squarely in there. So the women's game is expanding in that regard, but it's different than the men's game where you've got what you could go into an NCAA tournament and you could look at 15 to 20 teams that could conceivably win it. So the fact that Adia Barnes has Arizona in there right now in that eight to nine or one somewhere in that eight to nine range is certainly something that is, is good. Um, the one thing though, that I think was a little bit uh, fascinating pretty much all season and uh, we'll get to, Oh, Terrence Wilmore, TJ Wilmore always throws me off. He's on Shear's site right there. He's a good follow yeah. on Twitter. My guy, I actually believe in Terrence, Terrence, you could uh, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that I brought you over to Shear's side. I believe Shear owes me a little bit on that subscription right there. Well, could you stole my wrong. phone charger, so we're even. I, I did steal. I by accident did steal <laughs> Shear's phone charger, so we're even right there. But I think he he uh, TJ puts uh, I think puts it very well where he says Adia can recruit, but she needs to find a balance between the offense and the defense. And to me, that was the one thing that you looked at with this team. And again, Adia Barnes, we just talked about how maybe outside of Don Staley, you're not taking anybody other than her. But the offense was, just be honest here, the offense was difficult to watch this year, Sheer. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I love Adia, but there's no doubt the offense was bad this year. There was, a, it, it lacked movement. And I think what happened was a lot of times, like last season, we even saw where the offense became, everybody watched Ari and she was still able to do it. Right. They don't have that person this season. And there, there was a lot of watching around, a lot of isolation stuff. And they didn't have that person that I, that I like to say can can kind of go get a bucket. Um, the Ben Matherin of the team. The ben, right. Benjamin, I mean, Benedict Matherin of the team. <laughs> but like Sam tonight was great offensively, right? But mm -hmm. a lot of the time this season, she and she's always good defensively. But a lot of the times this season, she would disappear and she'd be just good defensively. And you can't have that. You 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 have in order to win, you have to be able to do both. And a lot of times they would, you know, it, look. UNC only shot forty one percent. That's not that good. But right. Arizona shot twenty nine percent. Like the UNLV game, uh, they didn't defend, but they scored a little better, and they finally locked down in the fourth quarter. And there were games this season, like the the game at Washington comes to mind, where it was like whatever ten to eight at halftime or whatever. Right, right, right. right. You need to be able to score, and and they just they need. Terrence is right, like they need to be able to find the balance. Like, yeah, we're going to be a great defensive team, but that also means you know we have to be able to score when necessary. You could call him Terrence. I'm not calling him Terrence. I'm calling him TJ right there. And uh, Tina, we are going to get to some baseball here in a second. Uh, we almost need Cody James Martin in here. One thing, though, that we don't need Cody James Martin in is for the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Here's the deal. Throw down five. You got the tournaments coming up. You got the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight games coming up right here. Throw down $5 on these games. And if your team wins, you get $200 in free plays. That simple, that easy. Now, you might say, Mike, is it all there? Is that all there is to it? No, there's a little bit more to it. Arizona only, 21 and up. Eligibility restrictions do apply. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. But this is the place you want to be. 
I'm going to back the A this week. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take Arizona to beat Houston. We're going to talk with Sheer about that here shortly. But that is my DraftKings pick of the week right there. So again, now let's get back to the women. Let's get back to uh, uh, Dia Barnes squad right here. This is a team Sheer that pretty much throughout the season, defensively, when they would win, they would beat you into submission. They would basically put you and. At that point, you really there was really nothing that you could do about it. But as we do see, the submission factor only works so much until you get to really good teams that can still get offense. Because as you always hear, good offense beats better defense. Well, I mean, like let's just take tonight for example. Arizona went to the line seven times and made four of them. North Carolina went to the line twenty-four times and made nineteen of them. Right. So, all right, you, you, they won by eighteen, and the free throw differential was worth fifteen points. Because mm-hmm. UNC was aggressive. And we're in an era of basketball. And I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't watch women's basketball as much. I watch a little bit. But what we're seeing is, at the end of the day, you need good offense to win the national title. Right. Like you, you can have the best defense in the country. But there might be a day where that defense, you know, the day you don't defend, you're, you're kind of done. And, and you do need balance. Like, and I always say when the tournament starts, the Iowas of the world, like I told you, I was going to go down early, right? Because they, you have to be you able did to call this, it. even though they had the 81 point score. Right. So you have to be able to defend because you're done. But we always talk about offensive defense. It's it's just a balance. If, if you're making shots, I don't care. Like, look at the men's game at TCU. Like Arizona hit, a, hit that span in overtime towards the end of the game where they were just making shots. And I don't mm-hmm. care how good you're defending. If one team's making shots, that's ball game. And in Arizona, just could never find that rhythm where it's like, okay, we're gonna go make a couple. Even like just now, you know, they they came back, they cut it to ten, and then before you know it, it's back up to sixteen because they missed a few shots, turned the ball over here or there, and made a couple fouls, and and that was it. All right, Tina. We're gonna get to some positive news, but it's gonna be with Arizona women's basketball first. All right, Sheer. You're a you're a crystal ball type guy. You like extrapolating out into the future. That's your that's one of your things you like doing. Okay. If Adia Barnes, <coughs> excuse me, if Adia Barnes is the coach of this squad for the next ten years, will they win a national championship? Oh, I don't know. Here, I you know how I am with women. I just think that three teams are always going to win it, right? But they've also be Stanford, South Carolina, or UConn. Right, but they also showed Arizona last year, though. One basket away. I, from I will winning. say, if you told me that you think they would win a national title, I, I wouldn't call BS on it. I think there's a very real chance that they have a good enough team in the next 10 years to win a title. Like, it's not like, oh, you got to be kidding me. It, it's got to be a possibility. All right, let me let me rephrase the question then, because we're about final fours in these parts right here. So if Arizona were to, in the next 10 years, does Arizona make multiple final fours? Yes. All right. There you go. And if you make multiple final fours, you got an opportunity right there, right, Sheer? Absolutely. Okay. Now, Tina did say Arizona baseball swept Stanford. We need good news tonight. You know, between softball, well, softball, obviously. Softball softball lost, but you know what? We're going to focus on the positive because there's a lot of good stuff going on here. We just talked about the future of Adia Barnes in the entire program. Baseball right now, Chip Hale gets a nice little sweep right there. What's your take on the chipster? Uh, I mean, it, it, you always try to judge a guy on how he recruits and all that when you're a new coach, but they're good. I mean, this week Stanford, right. uh, it's a big deal, and they look good, and uh, they have nice balance. They they pitched well tonight. Dawson pitched well, one ten to three. 
Um, yeah, I mean, they're they're it's a solid baseball team. All right, before we switch over to, a, we're going to preview a little bit of the Arizona Houston here because we're not going to be able to talk with you because you are going to be traveling here shortly. Are you leaving tomorrow? Yeah, I'm leaving in the when we get off the phone. Are, are you actually leaving when you get off the phone? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'm leaving at like five six a.m. And you're driving all the way out there. I am. Are you going to make it there in one day? Uh, we'll see. All right. Okay. Well, you need to drive. You need to drive safely, though. But oh. um, all right. One thing, though, about Adia Barnes, though, that I think is very fascinating. She has a capability here to be able to turn this program into anything. We talked about this a little bit last week. Anything that Arizona women's basketball does from a success perspective will be 100% attributed and associated to her. So she's going to have her opportunities. You know, the big schools will come calling if they already have it. But what's your feel? Is she is she in this one for the long haul here because this can be her own legacy? Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to continue to pony up the dough. And I'm sure pony up the dough. I like it. I'm sure other schools will come knocking, but she's comfortable here. She it's always the thing that we talk about. There's coaches that they may not win all the time, but they win enough, and you just you're never going to fire them. Right. There's something to say about that. And heck, you don't even need if you're if you're a kid from that school, you don't even need to win, and they'll keep you. Scott Frost says hello. Right. Like you know, it's you're just you're not going to get fired, and if you're a Dia. Why would you – maybe the WNBA would be the right. thing that you leave for, but as for another college, I, I just don't see it. Okay. One thing, though, that you're never going to leave, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word P- PHNX. <laughs> All right, here. You use the DraftKings Sportsbook app, correct? Yeah, until I lost all my money, and then I'm right back in it. All right, but you're right back in it because you know what? It's the best sports book app there is out there. Sheer knows quality when he sees it. That's why he's on there. Let's now look ahead a little bit. Let's just say somebody wanted to get in on that $5 down, $200 in money. All right, if you put, uh, I'm sorry, $5 down, you get $200 in uh, free plays if you win. Let's talk Arizona Houston here a little bit because you're going to be heading out there. Arizona Houston is a drastically different animal than Arizona TCU. You're a big metrics guy. The metrics love Houston here. So yeah, I'm a little skeptical on the metrics here. Are you a little skeptical? I am. So you're skeptical. allowing me to be bombarded on the message boards while you sit out and watch people throw flamethrowers at me, even though you agree with me. You steal phone chargers, you deserve to be punished. That's it. That's fair enough. But yeah, what, what's your skepticism on the metrics right here? Uh, Houston's schedule. I think there's something to be said for the fact that Houston's losses are basically to every good team that they've played. They lost to Wisconsin, they lost to Alabama, they lost to Memphis, and then they beat up uh, a crappy Oregon team earlier in the year. Um, that was their big win. And then they, like Wichita State, SMU, um, their their first two tournament games weren't any challenges. I don't think much of Illinois, you know that. I told people that I'd rather face Illinois every day of the week than Houston. I think Houston is a good team, um, but I trust Arizona. It's like, They've never seen a team that even resembles the size that uh, that Arizona has. Yeah, not even close. The the problem that I the only big problem that I have from this Arizona game coming out of this is what is a Julius Tabellus mindset? You were I was fortunate enough to be looking at the back of your head all weekend at yeah. uh, the NCAA tournament. Many people would kill to be in the position I was, but you know, it is what it is. Ajulis Tabellis, to me, it's not that he didn't play well. We have a lot of – Kerr Carissa didn't play well. I didn't come away with any concerns about Kerr right. other than the fact that his ankle is sprained. 
my problem with the Julius Tabellus is that he looked disengaged and he looked he looked lethargic out there. And I got to give the Tommy gun a lot of credit right there for saying, you know what? We're not messing around with you here in the second half. We got to win this game. But his, oh, Julius Tabellus mindset is a massive concern for me. It just seems like he struggles against physical teams. Like mm-hmm. the the more, um, and I know he's played well against UCLA, but the more finesse type of teams, he kills them. Right. And like, like I actually think if they go and they win and they play like a Villanova or a Michigan, he'll play great. He'll have mm-hmm. a great game. Right. Um, but it's the teams where every time he touched it, it was like it was in the scouting report. TCU said, we're, we're coming at you with multiple guys and you're not going to hang on to the ball. And I, you know, I told you the one play that really bothered me was I think it was the second half where he had a wide open layup. And he gathered. Took his time and didn't dunk it. Um, and then they blocked it. But then he has a play where he cuts across the lane and dunks it with one hand. And it's like if right. you do that every time, you're going to get fouled or you're going to score. And you'd like to see that aggression throughout the entire game. But they need him badly against Houston because they have a major size advantage and front court depth advantage in this game if they can get something out of him. If not, he can't play. And, and and I credit Tommy Lloyd. You don't have time to work through stuff this time of year. You're either right. in the game or you're not. And he wasn't, and he got benched. So two things, though. Sheer and I, you know what, we're men of honesty. Sheer and I both have two glaring strengths and two glaring weaknesses in our preseason projections. I, first of all, will take the uh, take it on the chin first for Christian Coloco. I didn't really see Coloco being much of anything. I thought he would be a... I don't know, a seven and six guy, something like that would always struggle with his hands. That game that we saw last night was the best, or excuse me, the night before. Actually, no, was it last night already? It was last night. It was last, it was last night. night. Yeah, it was last night. It was last <laughs> night. Gosh, it was like, it was like <laughs> five days ago. But that was the best basketball game that he has played at the University of Arizona. I would go a step further and say that that was the best game by a center outside of DeAndre Ayton in probably the last 12, 13 years. I I mean, he was absolutely an animal defensively and offensively. He was doing things that I didn't know that he could do. Like when he like when he did the little like uh, fake into the post on the first half and then he went around and he finger rolled it under. I was like, man, this is a different animal than I thought he had right there. I always say, people say like, oh, who's going to the draft and all that. It's like, you got to wait for the tournament. Uh, I said after that game, I go, well, it's been nice knowing you, Christian Coloco. <laughs> He's a first uh, round draft pick. Yeah, he just yourself a lot of money last night. And I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean he's a lock to go or anything like that. But if you're an NBA scout and you're watching a seven footer do what he did last night, I mean, he's a he's a first round pick. Moving and you on already up. got the and you've already got the defensive, uh, you know, stuff going on where you know that he can go from guarding Will Richardson before he quits on his team to then guarding Jaime yeah. Hawkins. I mean, yeah. he's an intriguing player. So I was I was a hundred percent wrong on him. And to Shear's credit, Shear was buying into it. We were both at the Tommy Lloyd press conference. I know you might think that I'm going into a DraftKings sportsbook read here, but I'm not. <laughs> but we were both at the uh, Tommy Lloyd press conference when he said. He said Christian is an all-conference type guy, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if he was going to be the defensive player of the year. Mike Luke rolled his eyes. Mike Luke came out of there saying, <laughs> and you're like, and Shear said, I bought I bought into it. I bought into Christian Coloco right there. So again, tip of the cap, tip of the DraftKings hat to Jason Shear right there. All right. Now you're gonna kill me though. Now I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> ben Matherin, I'm not gonna tell everybody you what you said. No, you can here. Look, let's get go this ahead, over. Go ahead. 
Why would I speak when you could speak? I said last year that Ben was one-dimensional, and I feel very good about that. You also said that this year. Hold on, hold on. He played like crap to open up the season, and I texted Mike, and I said, see, I told you he was one-dimensional. Mike must have shown him my text, and from there on, he became the best player in the country. (laughs) He has that dunk, and Mike says yesterday in the game, doesn't look one-dimensional to me, does it, <laughs> I'm like, screw you. Like, no, he's obviously not one-dimensional, but credit to Tommy, too, uh, for what he does in the offense, to having Ben, because Ben was a jump shooter last year. Mm-hmm. And right. he's clearly not anymore. J- joking aside, though, what really, and you, you never know about these until you're in that situation, but where Ben, to me, went from maybe being a top 10 pick, and by the way, people out there, it's Benedict, but where Ben went, to me, from being a top ten to possibly flirting with that top five was that three point shot he took. Yep. Now it's not it's not to me that he made it. It's that all right, enough of this. Get out of my way. I'm going to be at the top. I'm taking you guys home right here. Offensively, this man can. Offensively, this man can 100% pretty much do whatever he wants offensively, from handling to getting anywhere he wants. And I tweeted it out. If he wants to be, he can be an NBA all-star. He's got that type of ability there, Sheer. Yeah, because the improvement that you always look at improvement in the trajectory of a player, and you want it to keep going up, and he's clearly better than he was. But the fact that he gets so high on his jump shot, he already has NBA lift on his jump shot, and he never hesitated to take that three. But the difference is that people say, oh, it's a great shot, and it was a great shot. But the reason it came is because the TCU player, the defender, went the wrong way on a screen. And he noticed it as soon as it happened and shot the three. If the TCU player goes the right way, that three never happens. And for Ben to see that in that moment that quickly is more impressive than the fact that he made it. Like the the read that he made uh, is NBA level type of stuff. All right. Two things here before we sign off as always. But again, we're going to get Jason Shear's prediction here because we probably won't be talking to him before the game. It's a Thursday. It's basically a 3 a.m. tip off, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, 9 p.m. Texas tip off. Gross. All right. You've just you've just lampooned the absolute the metrics absolutist who are killing me oh, on the message. It. I've already got my pick in my head. What's your what's the pick? Arizona 72, Houston 68. I like it. So you like Arizona to cover on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I do, and I believe that would be the under too. Yeah, that would be the under. Okay. So I, and I agree. I think it's going to be a little bit more than that, but I do think that Arizona, I think Arizona is going to take care of business. Now, when we're talking at this time next week, are we planning our trip for new Orleans? We're going to, we're going to be on the Bayou. I, I honestly think so. I do too. I I really do. And I, I hate like I'm Shelby's laughing at me over here in the corner. I'm because I'm superstitious. I hate talking about it. Like I was just looking at new Orleans hotels. I hate it. Why are you Uh, texting me about them? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really do. Like, I, I think once you, if you look at the national title winners, there's always a game like the TCU game mm-hmm. where you look back on it years from now and go, man, how the hell did Arizona or how, how the heck did this team pull that off? Right. That was the TCU game. And I think right. now that Arizona gets to go home, reflect on that, say, you know, we can do it. They're feeling confident. Houston hasn't had a difficult game. Uh, we know how Arizona matches up with Michigan. I think Arizona matches up great with Villanova. It just it's it's kind of lining up. I said it before when, when the bracket came out. I said that the, the game that scared me the most was Houston in the Sweet 16, and mm-hmm. I and I and I hold to it. This is the scariest game that Arizona will have on its way to the 
the possible final four. All right. Now I'm going to give you the floor before we sign off. I want, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give your boys some credit, by the way, check out wildcat authority, Jason Shear, senior editor. You've got uh, Scott Schlittenhart, uh, a senior, uh, senior writer there. They've got everything covered from the fan perspective to all the insight. These guys break things left and right. Scott and Jason are an awesome team. All right. Shear, Sean Miller. Now the coach at Xavier, I don't like Sean Miller, but you know what? The one thing I got to give Sean Miller is this. You look around, look at this roster right now. This is an incredibly talented roster. Miller knows how to find talent. You look around college basketball right now, from Terrell Brown to James Akinjo to uh, Barcelo, on and on down the list. This is a man that whatever you think of his coaching can get talent and can find talent. I think he's going to be a very, very good fit at Xavier and vice versa. What say you? Yeah, I do too. And I think what wound up happening towards the end is he was playing Big East basketball in the Pac-12. And you have to be very good and have your system and recruit players to your system. But now he can go to the conference where his system is fantastic and it's more normal. And he recruit East Coast players, Midwest players that fit better to his system. I think he's going to do really good there almost immediately. Um, It's a good fit. I know he chose them over South Carolina. Just to tell you how crappy South Carolina is, they hired the Chattanooga coach. Well, I was just going to say, you know what? Did you now, Sheer? You're close with Miller. Did you put out some feelers telling him ignore the South Carolina job, take the Xavier job? Uh, I told people around him I would never take the South Carolina job. Right. Oh, I would. Real quick now. Now I should know this, but didn't Archie get the Rhode Island job? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that uh, uh, I was in the I was in the same boat as you, Tina. There, I wasn't totally sure on that. But Sheer, before we sign off here, where can everybody find the Sheer? Where can everybody find the Sheer? Uh, right now, I'm in my house. But well, no, no, I'm not your location. <laughs> uh, WildcatAuthority.com. We're going to San Antonio. Shelby's next to me. We have that bomb podcast. Everyone should listen to. But WildcatAuthority.com. Get it now. We're uh, we're grooving. We're on our way. You know what? Uh, between uh, PHNX and uh, Wildcat Authority, we're beating everybody into submission. And you know what? That's where we're doing it. But for yeah. Jason Shear, I'm Mike Luke. Shear, I'm going to have to stay back with Bruno on this. Bruno, come here real quick. Bruno, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Bruno, because Bruno doesn't eat when I'm gone. Come here, Bruno. Hey, want a milk bone? Oh, my. Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hold on. He's not coming here. But he oh, is going to come. Right there. There Bianca. he is. Oh, look at Bruno. A man Bianca, of action right there. Bianca, look at Bruno. There you go. There he is. Love at first sight. Hi, Bruni. But, Ooh, yeah, he, I guess he just doesn't want it. But, uh, all right. Sheer, anyways, safe travel. I'll be talking to you very soon. And, uh, again, everybody out there, really appreciate you listening. Sheer, thanks again, dude. Thanks, guys. All right. Talk to you soon. TTFN, you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Thank you.